0: Renfield is a horror comedy about Dracula's little helper who begins to question his part in feeding innocent souls to his evil master. But what we're really all here for is Nicolas Cage hamming it up as Dracula. So let's do it. Welcome to Screams After Midnight. This is the horror movie podcast. I am Peter, and joining <laughs> me, as always, is Tim.
1: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Does that sound remotely Dracula-esque? I thought I thought it wasn't bad. I I mean I I got. The Cage is Dracula vibes, like I can see oh, a little I'll, bit of what you're doing with there. I'll, I'll take that, yeah, I'll take that, that
0: works. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome everyone, uh, we are here, uh, we are recording episodes way in advance for this, but this is mm-hmm. an Octoberthon episode, it's October 2023, mm-hmm. are the writers and actors still on strike? We don't know, because it's the future mm-hmm. for us, but uh, you'll know, so <laughs>
1: welcome. <laughs> Now AI is on strike. <laughs> if the AI's become self-aware, is <laughs> what on strike. But yes, welcome. But like, their strike is like weird, though. It has like ex- like they're holding up signs, but like they have extra fingers and like mm. <laughs> all this different weird stuff. They're messing with the traffic lights,
0: things like that. Yeah. Uh so yes, welcome everyone. We are here today to talk about an earlier twenty twenty-three movie. It's a good time to catch up on some of these movies, and today we are looking at Renfield, the horror comedy. You know what also is a good
1: time to catch up is uh when you have some french fries. <laughs> Dude, you dip the french fries in the ke- ketchup oh, that's a good time for me at least
0: Weird. this is the lowest we've ever sunk i i i don't know what you say to say that 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 joke it, it, i'm beside myself here oh my god all right uh Yes, horror comedy Renfield. Nicholas Cage playing Dracula. Nicholas Holt playing the titular Renfield. Aquafina's in there. Um, ben Schwartz is in there <laughs> as a villain gangster, and his gangster mother is played by—I'm going to butcher this name—but uh, Shura Agashaloo, who I know as a Vassarala from The Expanse. Uh, does a lot of voice work in video games and stuff like that as well. Um, Ooh. So yes, that, that that's your cast for the movie.
1: It's Does a she new... play Clink? <laughs> no. She is she the voice of Clink? <laughs> no, she's the voice of Clink. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a gamer, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about?
0: You play games all the time.
1: <laughs> so yes, uh the premise of this movie is that Renfield it's is a going... funny episode, you know, it's, it's it's a funny movie, so we got jokes, you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's no we in this
0: like, you've, been he- you, you've interrupted every part of this introduction with some of the worst material ever thank you so yeah renfield's going to group support meetings uh to talk about his toxic relationship with dracula and that's you know you see that in the trailer as well of course we'll start spoiler free we'll give you a warning before we get into the spoilers uh but it's him questioning if he still wants to be dracula's servant And if he wants to do something better with his life, something good um, Mm. and hijinks and violence may ensue, that's Renfield, everyone. (laughs) So, Tim, we notoriously were not looking forward to this. We both thought the trailer was terrible. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, it is with that in mind that I ask you, what did you think of Renfield?
1: uh so yeah i you know despite us you know complaining about the trailer a lot uh specifically i I think we were um you know uh not very down with the kind of comedy uh it seemed to be portraying it seemed to be a lot of the typical hollywood comedy uh you see nowadays where i feel like um it's not actual jokes that people make but it's just like someone does something weird and someone else comments it by going like that was weird like why'd you do that you know which is like just i don't not interesting or funny or clever but um but again there was still like a lot of buzz uh about this you know mostly because of you know Nicolas Cage as Dracula that was you know kind of a as as soon as you hear you know Nick Cage cast as Dracula that's something that you want to see and um definitely from the trailer he looked to, to be um at least the most interesting part uh of this movie and uh you know it's been on peacock for a while so i wanted to get around to it and i figured uh hey if you're gonna watch it why not uh talk about it (laughs) so uh yeah i would say that (laughs) the movie was pretty bad but maybe not as bad as i expected like um i i do think it's watchable you know it's 90 minutes it doesn't like you know it, it didn't really like bore me at any point uh well maybe at some points but it didn't really feel like you know it was a torture to get through um i i would say that yeah my thoughts were cor- correct <clears throat> that um you know dick cage was the most interesting part of the movie uh, i really enjoyed him like just really going for it and kind of hamming it up as dracula and uh you know he had some cool scenes and uh, there's kind of a scene early on like where they show him like in classic dracula you know flashbacks in black and white that are like Oh, man, I just wish I could see, like, this movie of just, like, an actual Dracula uh, film with Nick Cage. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, um, no offense to Nicholas Holt. I I just find him extremely boring. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think, like, you know, like, I, I feel like the movie that used him the best was, like, the menu because they really, like, played off his character lent to who he is yes. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but like yeah I, I just like i don't know he just like you know just never looks or sounds like interesting to me just is, is just kind of like a boring bland white, white guy um and then yeah uh also yeah you know, not to be mean but like i don't really i'm not a big fan of aquafina as well like i also find her just to be kind of boring um i i, I like that at least you know, she's kind of playing a different character than I've seen her, you know, in other movies where, you know, a lot of times she's like kind of like, you know, the brash comic relief. Uh, at least here she was doing something a little different, but, um, I still just found it to be a really boring character and I didn't feel like they had that much chemistry. Um, so, uh, yeah, like a lot of the, the main character stuff, like the main Renfield story, I uh, didn't really do much for me. Uh, even though I do think it's an interesting concept, it does sound like something that could make, like, maybe, um, kind of a a fun like comic book or something, but I don't know if it translates well to the uh you know, the screen. Um there was like a lot of violence which was cool, but it was so CGI that and it kind of takes you out of it. Like um and also I don't know if it like really did a good job of combining like in the fact that it's trying to do these like over-the-top silly things like oh my god Renfield at th- uh, therapy and like using you know this like modern uh you know therapist kind of speak to address his problems like that's a very high c- high concept comedy idea I don't particularly find it funny but I can at least see where they're going for it but then when he try to mix that with like like serious action stuff like you know Redfield and Dracula taking or like Redfield or whatever and the cops like taking on like these drug kingpins uh <laughs> it's just it, it kind of feels like this weird clash of two things that don't go well together uh not that you can't do like a fun horror action comedy thing but i just feel like it didn't work super well like um just like if you want to focus on like redfield trying to get his life together and getting away from dracula that's fine but i don't know having to introduce like this like gang element to it uh it's just like really bizarre um i thought ben schwartz was okay and uh you know he's usually funny. Uh, yeah, see you around. But uh, yeah, those are my kind of <laughs> uh first thoughts, uh, I suppose. Yeah, I
0: uh, yeah, I wasn't in love with it either. I think it's fair Shocker. and easy to say. Um, I, it's funny though because you said that like you can see this as a comic book, but maybe it doesn't lend itself to to mm-hmm. film and. I actually thought the premise always was good on paper. I I was into the idea until I saw the trailer, and that's where my hype went down a uh, a cliff. And I think there's proof that this works, because there's a little TV show called What We Do in the Shadows, which I feel like is doing the exact same type of jokes, but a million times
1: better and more consistently uh, across the board. Uh, Yeah, I I forgot I was going to mention that as well, but yeah, it doesn't really do your vampire comedy any favors when, like, the best, funniest, like, show on TV is a vampire comedy, (laughs) like, right now. It it, it got me thinking about why it works there and why it doesn't work here, because there's definitely some, like, moments
0: and stuff on paper that I think I would probably think was funny. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ben Schwartz especially has a couple of lines, because I've seen him in other things and him in different directing styles where I know... (laughs) Him yelling certain things at certain moments probably would make me laugh, but it didn't in this. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is that Chris McKay, the director, I think the way he directs this movie just can I can. I found it annoying, <laughs> for lack yeah, of a better it, term, like anytime there's action scenes or anything going on, the camera will do a lot of tilting, like as part of his mm-hmm. motion. There'll be a lot of quick cuts, um, and well, a little, I trying to be like too showy. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, yeah, that's a good. Good way to put it. But there's also like. Just choices that again, it can work in other things. Like there's movies from the eighties that I really loved that are like bathed in lots of weird lighting, right? Where there's just random green or pink lighting in places where otherwise makes no sense. But in this movie, like the you know the the therapy session where they're all at this meeting, it's all bathed in this like puke green, and I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, and after a while, I just kind of started to feel like I'm not really. sure if this is working i actually agree that one of my favorite things in the whole movie was the recreation of the original dracula movie from mm-hmm. 1931 with nicholas cage playing dracula i was like yeah i could just go for a shot by shot remake with <laughs> nicholas cage just standing in uh for bella lugosi i could totally totally watch that uh nicholas cage was the best part i obviously completely agree on the cg for the action and violence because mm. i should enjoy the amount of splatter that's in this movie right but all of it is CG. Every time there's blood splatter, it is a CG thing that's really obvious, and it just completely takes all the charm out of the moments that it's going for. Um, it it reminds me a lot of Cocaine Bear actually, and the oh, one of the yeah. reasons why I thought that movie was just trash is because all of the scenes that should be fun <laughs> were not fun because it was just a CG bear, and all the blood was CG. So it just like yeah. I didn't enjoy any of it. There was nothing. They to should have actually... used a real bear. They should have, or, or a guy in a bear costume. I would have, I would have been down for that. <laughs> Actually, you know, I would have probably enjoyed that movie more if it was a guy in a bear costume. Yeah, it's the, it's not the only thing that would have improved it. For the record, there was you know better characters and you know more serious mm-hmm. things like that would have helped. But um, so uh, yeah, I would I, I would I would say that I I think tonally this movie like just doesn't really quite know what it wants to be. And or it does know what it wants to be, but it's like this it feels like a movie from the early two thousands. Uh, and I oh, appreciate it, and I appreciate that it is ninety minutes. I do think it's good. i d <laughs> I, I don't think that should be any longer than that. Maybe ten minutes at most, if you really want to like, you know, have a bit of padding. <laughs> but I think the pacing of the editing and the scenes that are in the movie all feels very rushed in the way it jumps mm-hmm. around. Uh they're going for all these quick cuts, the camera's constantly moving, tilting, whatever. And I just, I, it's, I found it kind of irritating in a, in a way where. I think comedy works best when you set up things, you have the punchlines, and you let them land. And typically, comedy works better mm. when you shoot it flat, right? Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's why Absolutely. the that's why the mockumentary style that what we do in the shadows uses, that the office, parts and Rec, all these different things, which Ben Schwartz was on, might I add. I think the reason why the mockumentary style has been so successful in the last couple of decades is because it lends itself to how a comedy should be shot. In that you just sort of like keep the camera back, do basic wide coverage, maybe a close up here or there, but you you treat it very kind of hands off. You, you let it be, just you let the comedy speak for itself. Because the fun of seeing like a unique scenario like Renfield at a support group meeting where he's talking about his toxic relationship with Dracula. I think what makes that funny is the awkward wide shot of him sitting there in his old suit and everyone else looking normal and the awkwardness of him explaining some of this stuff and them not getting it. But instead, they're doing all these quick close-ups. It's all very rapid-fire, the way people are reacting to him. They'll slip in a flashback because he explains something halfway through. It's all just kind of like assault your senses. And I think comedy, to me, is the opposite of that? Comedy has to be like t- timing. You know, they always say comedy's timing, absolutely. and yeah. I think I think this movie doesn't have timing in any of its comedy. And I found most of it just not even painfully unfunny, just kind of sadly unfunny. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I, um, a lot of good points there. Uh, yeah, I, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I'm bored with what you're saying. Like yeah uh, I, uh there was like a few times like there, there's maybe like a few jokes here and there that i laughed at but there was like yeah never like any like real like uproar it was like oh my god so funny and then like i uh, just even the idea of like the whole kind of like therapy and using like modern terms to describe like this relationship and it just got like i uh, so old like so fast for me and you know i feel like it, it's just kind of like a pretty easy joke that like yeah, you know, I feel like you've seen before in, like, other movies, like, you know, maybe not necessarily with Redfield and Dracula, but, you know, it's just something, like, you've seen before, like, oh, like, yeah, taking, um, like, these, like, out-of-touch, like, old characters or, or whatever and then seeing how they would respond to, like, you know, modern-day feelings or, or whatever. It's just, I don't know, it's not I... something super
0: new to me. <laughs> Going back to what I was saying about the shooting style, actually, the better way to even put it is that the stuff in What We Do in the Shadows is really funny, because they feel mm-hmm. like, th- those characters feel that like they're in the real world, so when they're going to like town hall meetings and they're saying like ridiculous things, it's like no, mm-hmm. this feels that like we're actually in a real town hall meeting. The problem mm-hmm. here is that this movie, because it's you know bathed in green light and and those Dutch angles everywhere, I already feel like I'm in some sort of like supernatural world. Like I, f- yeah. I feel like if anything, these characters pretending to be normal, are the ones that feel out of place. So the mm-hmm. the comedy of like the surrealness of him being there and having this problem doesn't hit the same way because I, I, you know the, the world just feels too fake anyway
1: yeah also like I don't know if this is something that we're going to discuss in spoilers or whatever but uh, I for the life of me I, I don't know if they mention it at some point and I miss it but I could not figure out if like Dracula was a known thing in this world or <laughs> if it was like you know, if it was like, oh, the book and the movie never existed, or if people actually knew what it was. Because it seems like at some point someone would be like, oh, wait, like your name is Renfield, and you're talking about like this vampire guy or, or whatever? Uh, but this then, like is an excellent no. question, Tim, because <laughs> I
0: would have sworn for the first half or so of this movie that Dracula is not a known thing in this world. I would have sworn right. mm-hmm. that no one's ever— like, the book doesn't exist, the movies don't exist, he's just a real thing in the world that's secret because he kills everyone, basically that's why that yeah yeah he comes into contact with and then all of a sudden in the back half of the movie there's just <laughs> this reaction to him from a few specific characters we're like hey it's right it's the real dracula and I'm like yeah. Wait, what <laughs> what
1: you, you know about dracula what's that now yeah it's uh I, I don't know, it's very bizarre like i feel like they i don't need to address that at some point just to, like I don't, you're doing so much like um yeah, like, narration and stuff in the beginning, like, you could have easily thrown something in there, like, about, like, you know, oh, the the movies portray him this way or, or something, or, like, oh, he didn't like uh, when that Stroker guy wrote that book or whatever. Like, I, I feel like there's... You could easily slip something in there to explain that right away, because it, it did just end up being confusing.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I actually wasn't sure when Aquafina like, first heard about it, mm-hmm. but when she reacts to it, I wasn't sure if she was reacting because she recognizes the name or because it just sounds silly. And then other characters started to act like they knew what Dracula Mm. was, and I'm like, okay, I guess she did hear of it then. Which, I never mentioned Aquafina. I think Aquafina works really well in a film called The Farewell, because it's like a really grounded drama. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that too, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a really grounded drama, and she feels like a real person in this family of more conservative people, and it kind of plays well. My problem is, is that she kind of does play the same character, more or less, in everything she does, and all of her more, you know, Holly, you know, Shang-Chi, or this, or, what else have a seen her I, like, I can't even remember, but I feel like she does kind of have the same shtick in most things, um, and, like you say, I, I didn't think there was any chemistry between her and Nicholas Hoult in this. Um, it felt like it wanted to have... I don't even know what tone it, like, like I almost want to say it wanted to feel like Mystery Men, but I'm not sure if it did. No. <laughs> like I guess what we do in the shadows feels like the right thing, but it wants to have this over-the-top action though. The problem is though is the over-the-top action is like, hey, we're going to do like Matrix style scenes that just happen to have like lots of blood and violence in the middle of them. Um and I feel like as a comedy, I don't really want that because it just feels like it's out of place and if it was a serious like sort of like horror movie i wouldn't want that because it feels too silly um so all these like silly like he's fighting like he's a superhero with john wick powers you know mixed with increased you know strength and speed it's all just a bit uh, i don't know it just it doesn't like i get that it's not taking itself seriously and that's good it should you know if it's a comedy on some level it shouldn't take itself seriously but Um, there was just something I wasn't quite getting with like what the appeal of these action scenes were because I felt like it wasn't working for me in any real way. I was quite bored. Despite the fact that there was a lot happening and there was a lot of blood spatter, I was constantly feeling quite bored by the action sequences and I'm, I'm really not sure beyond just all of the different things that it could be. It's not been any of them and it's, it's in this weird middle place
1: where it's not quite succeeding anything in particular. Yeah, Well, like, I think if you're gonna do a comedy movie, then like you want to throw action in it. Like, I don't I, I, like for like one of the first things that comes to mind is like something like McGrupper where like, um, yeah, like the action scenes are like over the top and dumb, but then you also have like Will Forte, who's you know, a very funny character who is you know doing funny stuff throughout. Um, while as here, you know, like Nicholas Hull is not like funny, <laughs> no, no offense <laughs> to like, but I mean, even if he's like you know, supposed to be, like, funny in the movie, he's not really, and then it's like, yeah, when he's doing, like, action stuff, you know, it's not like he's being funny as he's doing it, it's like he's just trying to do, like, some cool badass action stuff, which yeah, I if that, maybe, maybe I was probably, watching an action movie, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think that's probably the big problem with it, though, is that it's all this, like, ultra-choreographed stuff, and I feel like... When I think of, like, act- comedies that have action in them, if I think of something like Hot Fuzz, for example, right? Oh, so sure, Or, yeah, or even Shot of the Dead, because like, it's also a horror thing. Like, yeah, I think the scenes with zombies and shot in Shot of the Dead or the scenes where there's, like, shootouts in Hot Fuzz, I think, mm-hmm. other than some lines and some, like, v- like, sight gags that are mixed in, the actual scenes are shot like the real thing they're 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 parading right there the shootouts Mm -hmm. are shot like a good shootout scene the 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 zombie scenes are still shot like a a zombie scene from a zombie movie and then Mm -hmm. the jokes are kind of like poking fun at whereas nothing about these fight scenes is poking fun at vampires or dracula right yeah vampire movies and dracula movies don't typically have these types of scenes in them this feels like something out of a completely different type of movie that you're you're saying oh renfield can do this because he's got the powers from the bugs that dracula gave him (laughs) <laughs> but it doesn't feel like it's a send up of of dracula or vampire movies and of itself yeah. um and if the whole point is to play on the the renfield like character and what he usually is and you know, obviously they've mixed them here with jonathan harker a bit They're, they've kind of merged the two roles which is whatever but if you have if you, if the whole point is to like send up and make jokes poking fun at like all the Dracula lore that we've built up over a hundred plus years of that book existing and all the movie adaptations and like the tropes that are in the films, then the movie's like fairly miserable at like that because for the most part, like all of these, the, the Dracula, like playing with Dracula tropes happens in the first five minutes. It's all in the flashbacks as he's explaining the backstory. And then once the movie gets going, it's, it's, it's just it's just its own thing. You know, it's about this this cop who wants to take down a bad guy, you know, a a gangster who's an idiot. (laughs) Uh, And he's gangster family and um, ends up, you know, teaming up with Renfield because he wants to be a better person. And that's the premise of the movie. And, you know, I I guess on paper it's fine. But, like, I'm just, like, I'm I'm not sure. I feel like despite the fact that there's a lot of, like, Dracula – and this and those are by far the best parts when nicholas cage is on screen and like you say he's hamming it up he's just so charismatic and he's coolly having fun that you can get into it right and i it's definitely when i was the most engaged in what was going on but for a movie that has that much dracula it doesn't really feel like it's doing that much with that part of its premise that we're you know that we're doing something with dracula um and maybe it's a high bar to say, oh, this could have been the Shaun of the Dead of vampire movies. But in a way, I feel like that's what this premise actually lends itself to. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so I I guess what I'm saying is that I wanted a
1: wittier, smarter movie, and it's kind of dumb. <laughs> what it, it just feels like kind of half-baked, like... You know it feels like uh you know if you look at, like the credits and stuff i believe that this is based on like an idea from robert kirkman who then you know handed it off to a writer from mm. rick and morty <laughs> who actually like wrote the script so like even that in and of itself just kind of feels like a very half-baked idea like i'm sure robert kirkman was just like hey you'll be kind of cool like what if like you know we have renfield in modern day and he's eating bugs against superpowers like again i can see that kind of comic booky aspect of where that is interesting uh, but then again you just you don't really go further enough with it you don't really explore it or make the characters interesting or yeah like um you know have a like you're saying like a kind of a wittier way of you know tackling this premise uh instead you kind of shove this like weird action movie (laughs) plot into it that i i just feel like is so uninteresting and derails it it's it's quite strange and uh and i'm kind of curious i wonder if like they really overestimated like the general populace's like IP awareness of who Renfield is, like, because obviously <laughs> as horror nerds we're like, oh yeah, Renfield, like you know Dracula's like crazy buggy assistant, but like you know to Joe Schmo who doesn't really care about horror movies or you know doesn't, they know who Dracula is but they don't really watch it. Like you know if you're giving them this premise, they gonna be like, wait what? Who who's Renfield? Like okay, I know Nick Cage is Dracula, like that's cool, but this movie's called Renfield. What like what is that?
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of elements that are undercooked. Like, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that there's some corrupt cops in this that are working Mm -hmm. with the gang, and that entire side of it, and, like, Aquafina, like, having to, like, clean up the precinct, like, that is so undercooked, and it's, like, just a... It's almost a nothing thing. And I get that it is a comedy, and we're not trying to do, like, a serious drama about these subjects, but do something (laughs) with them like anything (laughs) even if it's just for jokes that that's fine but like you know i mean aquafina's character has a whole backstory that her her dad was a cop like the one good cop in the force and he died under mysterious Um, circumstances which is probably when we think of uh
1: mystery men because the bowler uh, and that like her dad died under mysterious circumstances and like i kept waiting for i don't know if you notice this but like I kept waiting for there to be some connection because I, I think I forget if it was Aquafina or her dad. I think their name was like Quincy Morris, which is like, mm. that's one of the, you know, names of one of the people that goes after Dracula, you know, at the end of the uh, movie, or I forget if that's one name or if it's Quincy and Morris. So if they were two different people, I, I forget, but you know how there's like that group that goes after Dracula at the end. Um, yeah. The book, like, yeah. yeah. So, she has that connection there. And I don't know if that was just like a little wink and a nod, but it seemed like I, I kept expecting there to be some kind of bigger setup of being like, Oh no, like you come from a family of vampire hunters, which admittedly sounds kind of stupid. I, I I wouldn't want that, but I kept expecting for some type of revelation like that or like, Oh, that's actually why your father was killed because he was secretly like a monster hunter. And he stumbled upon this uh, thing. Um, which um, another thing I, I kept thinking is uh you know the 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 gang that they go up against is like the los lobos which is like yo know, which means like wolves uh so i kept expecting there to be some type of werewolf element that <laughs> we're gonna end up having uh but again it's like nothing like that and i'm not saying that those would make anything good <laughs> but like i don't know it, it seemed like so prevalent that i was like okay we're gonna have to see something like this right and then I was like oh no i guess not they also feel like Things this movie would try to do as well, like
0: I don't, I don't, right, I don't yeah, blame yeah. you for expecting them because it feels like the sort of stuff this movie would just throw in, but like really undercooked, like you say, like uh, everything in this movie feels kind of half baked, yeah. And I think those ideas would feel similarly half baked if they threw them in. But I totally get why
1: you thought, oh, think- maybe they'll do this yeah I I think like you mentioned it feels like an early 2000s movie which yeah it does feel like very like um you know Van Helsing or uh like Underworld kind of thing which yeah you you would expect them to do something like that and that kind of yeah it it feels like a comedy that came out like a year after Underworld (laughs)
0: that's that's (laughs) exactly what it feels like uh which is Uh. a distressing uh thing to say because I am not fond of under, which I guess we'll have to do those at some point because they're technically oh <laughs> horror-related. They're just vampires I, and werewolves, I mean.
1: Uh,
0: I suppose so, yes. I mean, scary I, in a, a different way. I don't want to. There's a lot of franchises I want to get through before we even touch those, but... Um, yeah, uh, so, sadly, it's... I mean, in a weird way, I kind of agree with something you started off saying was that my expectations were so low that it wasn't (laughs) quite as bad as i thought like i was i was was expecting to be like oh this is like an absolute train wreck that i despise instead it's just really mediocre and unfunny and (laughs) you know it has the nicholas cage like acting which i do enjoy but that's effectively it and the sad part is if that's what you're going to sell the whole movie on then just make it more focused on him make it more focused on nick cage dracula um, I don't think he'd be upset at having more screen time and probably no. a bigger paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> he'd probably be quite up for it. Um, yeah. So, Nicholas Holt is fine if you use him in the right role, as the men you approved, but stop trying to make him your dashing leading man because.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm, it's not working. It's not working for him. Uh, Sorry. He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a good looking fellow, but it's just, he's boring. He doesn't really have, like, charisma i feel like that's why I, yeah if, you, if you're gonna use him, like you know he works as like a, a kind of a boring straight lace kind of dude like that's why like i think he's fine as beast because you know <laughs> that's kind of you know what beast is in a way uh although i guess it's you know depending on what era you're, you're reading him, in. but i feel like most people know him as kind of the you know kind of more corny scientist kind of guy yeah but, well he's
0: also like a small part of an ensemble and that which is that's true too yeah you yeah. know works a bit better I think, one thing I will point out before we go into spoilers is that so there's a a character who's always at the group meetings called Carol uh who keeps getting interrupted that's kind of her running gag but I, I it was bugging me cuz I was like, I recognize this actress from something and I couldn't quite place it. Uh it turned out she plays Tara in The First Terrifier. She's like the main terrifier. <laughs> actress, yeah. Um <laughs> so it's the sort of thing where obviously she's got really short hair here. Um if she still had like shoulder length here, I probably would have recognized her better. But I was like, I know her from something. Oh, it's terrifier. So there you go. Uh, uh so yeah, spoilers, we'll get into spoilers, you know.
1: Uh we'll talk about stuff. Um key moments. And then, and the other thing too is like this movie is I feel like is super forgettable. Like I I watched it about two, like, two or three days ago and Honestly, a lot of it is pretty fuzzy. (laughs) Like, it's, I don't know, there's not a lot of stuff that really stuck out.
0: (laughs) Even as I was watching it, I was sort of starting to feel like I was forgetting like how we got to certain things. There's a lot of like montages to like pop music and stuff. The fights are usually to a song, you know, so it's going for that kind of tone, which is whatever. But I kind of felt like it didn't really do a good job of setting up things that it was paying off later. It kind of felt like it was just, you know, there's a montage going into the third act, but it's okay, we have to gear up. And, like, Aquafina's grabbing all these guns, and he's like, oh, no, we need not just guns, we need other stuff. And he's like, we need crossies and steaks and holy water and garlic. And I'm like, okay, this is just paying off, like, vampire lore that we all know. It's, it's nothing that you've actually set up uh, throughout the movie kind of thing, you know? So, uh, but, yeah. So, the, yeah, the best thing in the movie is probably the opening where he does some flashbacks, and it's, like, the original 1931 Dracula recreated... And black and white with Nicolas Cage as Dracula. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, me too. That said, the moment that comes after this, where it's like, okay, here's the last time like some hunter came for him with the with, like, what well, the Pope? <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're, they've got the, the the ring of salt or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they've got him trapped, and Renfield needs to make a choice to like save Dracula. And the, the, the priest is like, no, no, like, this man's going to mm-hmm. unleash all this hell upon the world. This is your chance to do the right thing, Renfield. And then Dracula kind of like, no, oh, you know, I care about you, Renfield. And, we're, you know, we're going to do great things together. And sure enough, Renfield. And I guess that's the other thing. So Renfield kicks the salt and, like, Dracula kills the dudes, right? Mm-hmm. Is that if your whole, like, gimmick of your movie, if your entire premise is based on the idea of talking about toxic relationships using renfield's relationship with dracula as a sort of jokey way to like talk about those real issues i don't think i felt like it actually said anything about toxic relationships and how to like get away from (laughs) like i i think a better script would have done that it would have actually had something to say about those types of relationships and it would have built up to, like, Renfield finally making his choice to, like, resist and fight back against Dracula. And obviously he kind of does in a way, but I don't think it happens in a way where it's, like, a big dramatic point where I'm like, yeah, F, yeah, like, you know, fight back and be your own man kind of thing.
1: Well, the thing is, like, it yeah, it, first of all, I, I feel like the movie is so in love with this idea of him being in a toxic relationship. Like, they just think that's, like, so funny because it's just, like hammered so much throughout but um yeah i feel like if you're gonna do that like then the movie has to be about them too and it's not because like you, you know you don't see dracula that often and you especially don't see him that often like yeah i feel like them together uh and you know, showing how, like, their relationship works. And then, you know, it ends up feeling more of a movie, like, between him and Aquafina than, like, them in this drug lord. Like, you know, if that's the premise of your movie, then explore that premise. Like, it it goes off in so many directions. And that's probably why the other better scene in the movie
0: is the one scene where uh, Renfield brings him a couple of dead bodies after a few scenes. And Dracula, like... Swipes at him and like has because it feels like a domestic beating. It feels like he's like right, someone yeah. like beating up their wife. And I'm like, okay, this I, I can see what you're doing with this. This actually feels like it fits your premise, and you're kind of like comparing these two things. Then he's he, he is literally this monster. After all, like what I always bring up with like horror movies and science fiction is you take like an idea and you make it literal. So in this case, his his your quote unquote spouse is literally a monster, and you can use that to explore these ideas. Uh, but like you say, then, then he disappears. Uh, but again, my other favorite scene that I can think of off the top of my head is after Dracula finds out he's been doing good things and he's got an apartment. <laughs> he shows up at his apartment yeah. and like him sitting there as Renfield's trying to like lie about why, like what he's doing. And he's, oh, I've got dead bodies. I just need to go and like, get like a, a U-Haul to like bring it to you. Like there's too many bodies. I can't carry them every time i cut back to nicholas cage just, like sipping his blood martini and he's like "Oh, <laughs> oh. You know, he's, he's playing along until he snaps yeah. at him i enjoyed that one because it was nick cage hamming it up but also yeah. because it was again one of like two or three scenes that actually fed into the overall premise of him being in this toxic relationship
1: with dracula so yeah. more of that would have been great <laughs> Uh, Two things that I I did enjoy uh, that I'll go back to is that that flashback scene where you talk about when he's, uh, yeah, like facing the last time a hunter or whatever uh, came to him. Uh, I did think it was cool when he, I believe it's a scene where he, like, turns into, like, Mr. Smoke or whatever and goes into the guy's body and explodes him. Mm. Um, I mean, and and again, you know, it's CGI, but I feel like at least this one it looked a little better because I feel like a CGI explosion is better than, you know, the CGI blood we see a lot of later um and then also uh what are you talking about like when he brings him some bodies uh <clears throat> uh Nicolas Cage he's like yeah uh, or <laughs> yeah I guess I should say Dracula he's uh you know he's, he's weak from like not having like been feeding and he has like this really great uh like practical uh, makeup on that looks so good and it, and it just makes me angry that like okay, why does the rest of the movie have such, like, crappy CGI, but then, like, you really, like, went overboard and, like, gave him this really great practical, like, look early on in the film that, I don't know, I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, no, nah, because the whole idea is that he got burned by daylight and that opening scene where the priest was coming for him and he's recuperating throughout the movie by drinking more blood. Like, he's healing and getting better. Uh, that, that's the thing, though. That scene where he's, like, floating in the circle and, like, Renfield's making the choice to whether or not to save him or uh help the, the good guys, effectively, is, yeah, the unfortunate thing is is that in my head all I could think was if this was Nandor and Guillermo <laughs> in this situation, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, it would be better. Like, it would just be way better. And admittedly, mm. it's unfair, right, to compare it constantly to what we do in the shadows because it's sure. so good. But this is one of these cases where there is such a direct comparison, and, you know, it's so over the top, you know, there's all this CG effects going on, there's this, like, like almost force field coming up from the circle, right? It's not just him floating there, it's not just a simple effect, there's a lot going on, and, it, you know, it's kind of abundance, much like the, the shooting style. Whenever there is an effect like that, it always feels really over the top like you know dracula doesn't just turn into smoke he turns into a lot of bats that then turn into smoke you know there's, there's a lot of abundance of everything in a way that it doesn't really add anything to the to the moments other than just hey we spent money on cg uh, as opposed to you know we <laughs> fleshed out this idea a bit more <laughs> um and i think that, probably the reason why i was compared to that again here as well is just because the chemistry once again i don't think nicholas holt and nick cage have that much chemistry That's true, yeah. You know, whereas Nandor and Guillermo and what we do in The Shadows, like, they're just dripping, like, every interaction they have, like, you almost just laugh with them staring at each other because you just, you feel this, like, and yeah, it is tougher because that is an ongoing show, so you get to build up a lot of, you know, repertoire and, like, um, their, like, relationship. There's a lot of history behind it, you know, certainly by the time you get seasons into it, but, you know, it just... but. i i i would maintain that if you go back and watch just episode one before that was built up it was already at a better place than you know what this movie starts off as
1: yeah yeah and like i I wonder if it would have been better if it would have been more of a redfield that we're we're used to because like what do we know from like you know the like other dracula movies like when we think of redfield like we don't think of this like hunky kind of tortured guy that's like oh i'm trying to do good you know like renfield is like you know an evil like little prick and he's like (laughs) sent to an insane asylum and he's like you know crazy and eating bugs like i feel like he should have been more like manic and disheveled looking this
0: is this yeah this is more of a role for like a walking phoenix who wants to like be crazy who wants to like get into the main set and have a straight jacket on and yeah (laughs)
1: like that's
0: that's that's what you want out of a renfield like you know portrayal, uh, yeah. you know. Whereas this is more because you know Nicholas Holt. Correct me if I'm wrong, but then he played the a zombie in that movie, Warm Bodies, where the I believe pop, he did. Yeah, yeah, falls in love with a zombie. Yeah, um, and I
1: think that was probably better than this, from what I remember. I didn't love it, but I, I think I liked it more mm. than this. Yeah, I mean, I, it's fine for. I mean, it, it, at least with that one, I would say it delivers on the premise. Like, yeah, oh, it's like a you know, romantic comedy with a zombie, or like kind of like a teen romantic comedy with a zombie. Like, so that, at least um, it delivers that. Yeah, and like even the jokes that it sets up and pays off, like don't pay off as
0: much as they should. So when Nicolas Cage is like chastising him and like hitting him and being like oh I don't want these stupid drug dealers I want nuns I want a bus full of cheerleaders (laughs) and there's a scene not too much after that where Nicolas Holt's sitting in a restaurant and like a group of cheerleaders come in cheering and I'm like Mm. this should be hilarious like this moment where he looks up and sees literally a bus of cheerleaders he should be like (laughs) you know, staring at them and it should be landing in silence how funny this is but yeah. everything's so quickly cut and stuff that you just kind of like, oh, I guess that's happening now. Like you don't really, there's not a chance for you to sort of notice it and realize it. Everything's just kind of been shoved in your face, so there's not really a chance for the comedy to really play out or land. Um, so that's the thing. Anyway, so to explain like what the actual plot is that's going on here is Nicholas Hall, and I thought they we were going to do more with this, but it sets up at the start that to try and be good, he's only taking victims to Dracula who are the abusers of the other people who are in the group meeting for people who are in abusive relationships. So he goes after the guy who's really into Ska, who the the woman in the group complains about, and he goes to get him. But it turns out that this Ska man and his two friends have stolen cocaine from the the gang, you know, the the, the Lobo gang, right? (laughs)
1: Um, not DC's Lobo, but... Not DC's different... Lobo, no. Uh,
0: Sonic, Ben Schwartz, that Lobo. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so he shows up and knocks them out and t- takes them uh, back. Uh, that said, though, before he gets out of the, the there, this big executioner-looking dude comes in and fights him. Uh, so we get another fight scene here
1: uh, where it shows Nicholas Holt can be super strong because he's eating a bug and whatever. I, I will admit I did have like a little bit of a chuckle that like this guy just came out of nowhere that just like looks like a video game boss or something like he does uh, he looks like you're <laughs> playing Resident Evil
0: Five and the big dude with the hammer comes out I can, yeah I can get on board with that uh, but Ben Schwartz is outside and he ends up like driving off when he's when his guys are all killed by Nicholas Holt and basically runs into aquafina who's on traffic duty and like runs down the street like because the moment where i thought oh i should think this is funny is ben schwartz just shouting out his name because he's so proud of his name because it's it's such a a john ralphio thing to do right i can just imagine i'm john ralphio like just (laughs) you're saying it um but The weird thing is is that like because it's cut so quick there's a moment where aquafina turns to her partner and says hey that's that gang dude uh ted lobo and he's like how do you know that and then it cuts to him going i'm ted lobo bitches!" but it's so quick that like i feel like him's them setting up like that almost i I think you could rewrite it a little bit just to sort of like set up the idea where he says how do you know it's him and then it cuts to him going, I'm Ted Lobo, bitches. Like, that that may yeah. be funny, you know? Uh,
1: no, I, I, I agree. Like, yeah, the just the direction and, like, yeah, a lot of the editing has a a lot to, I, I feel like, a lot I, to blame for <laughs> not the stuff not landing. I think that's what's uh, there's a lot of stuff that I don't think works regardless, but I think
0: that was frustrating me early on is that there was a lot of things that felt like they could be good jokes that were yeah. ruined by the execution, whether that was the directing, editing, or, in some cases, maybe delivery of, of the actors. But there was, like, stuff on paper that I could see being funny if delivered the right way. And execution in comedy right. is so much of the, you know, the the task.
1: And, and you know, like, I... I One thing I, I'm kind of just, like, now, like, kind of putting together, uh, but, I, I, like, since you were talking about, like, the start of this movie, I, I think, like, a big problem, too, is we already start off with him in like the support group Mm. and him like wanting to do good like like i feel like that's like we have to see them first like you know kind of discovering that and wanting to make that change but like we we already start the movie off with him like pretty much deciding that that should be to be good yeah that should be the end of
0: act one Like, there should be an inciting incident where he sees dracula do something bad to someone and it makes him question and maybe he sees a flyer for the group meeting or something yeah like
1: have you watched a uh, Barry at all yet or I have not no people keep recommending it I've not seen it yet Uh it's great so I mean uh, maybe a minor spoiler for it but like uh, it happens pretty quickly on the first episode but like that starts off with him as you know he's like a hitman and basically he's following this target who like ducks into this building and you know he goes to follow him and when he you know goes inside it turns out that it's like an actor's workshop so like he ends up having to Sit through this workshop and then, like, he, you know, get, like, discovers that he wants to be an actor. Like, I feel like he needs something like that where, like, you know, maybe, oh. yeah, he's following people, and then he runs into this support group or something, and then, like, that's you also know, inadvertently, very like... Tobias Funky. here. Uh, I'm just gonna, yeah, <laughs> <that up here. laughs> good <the> point, yeah. <laughs> going tell you, sorry. Which, I, I mean, hey, that'd be another, um, I, I forget that gentleman's actor, but I feel like that would be a, a, a better, like, choice for Redfield, um, yeah almost anyone from Arrested Development <laughs> probably would have been. Uh, but yeah, I mean, something like that where, like, yeah, you, you show him making the discovery or, like, you know, see like having some type of moment where he decides he needs to change because then, you know, uh, that's, like, the precipice for the rest of the movie. Otherwise, it's we just start off with him wanting to do good, and then the whole movie is him, yeah, uh, ending up doing good. Like, there's no, like, growth for the character. <laughs> he, like, pretty much... Yeah, you know, I I guess I guess the growth would be that he finally stands up to Dracula or whatever, but you already get the sense that he's you know, leading towards that and starting to do that in the beginning anyway. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's fallen a victim and he ends up in the group meeting by accident and then he hears them talking about the toxic relationship.
1: Maybe he relates to them and goes, Wait a minute.
0: Am right I like in the toxic would,
1: relationship? Like I, I think that would be like a better yeah way to do it, like where like you know they have to kind of coax it out of him, like you know, to get him to start talking. And then once he starts talking, he's like, "Well, no, I'm actually I'm just here for a friend. I'm not really." Uh, and then like, the more he talks, like the more they're like, "Oh no, you're actually like yeah, in a relationship as well." Like that, like that would be funnier to me than, again, you just like start off with like the joke halfway through. I feel like, and now I don't even take that much time.
0: You just have one quick scene of him stalking a victim. You know, a little creepy scene at the start. And then he goes It follows them in here. The light turns on and it's a group of people talking about their feelings. And he yeah. sits in <laughs> on it. And then when they get to him, he denies that he's in a toxic relationship. But then realizes as they're all talking and asking him questions that he is. And yeah, like, yeah, like maybe that point, like seeing how he even starts to believe that could be interesting. But he's already made these decisions before the movie starts. Yeah. And it's not even like it goes back and shows you like what inspired him to make this choice it's just it's it's just sort of generally oh yeah you know he keeps promising me he's going to do you know great things for me uh and you know he keeps not <laughs> like that, yeah. that's basically yeah there's, there's never really any more to it than like a specific incident or whatever uh yeah. now that is a very good point actually is that it would probably at least set you up for why we should root for him in some mm-hmm. way um and I think like this would take a much, much smarter script, but giving mm. us a version of this movie that it's still a funny movie, it's still a comedy, but makes you sympathize with him and want and want to see him stand up to Dracula. But in this mm. movie, I never gave a shit if he stood up to Dracula. I never <laughs> I cared. Know, yeah. Like I always I was more excited to see Dracula than anything else in the movie. So right. <laughs> But you know, there's definitely movies that can balance the comedy with that more you know, serious undercurrent of what what the story's actually about. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. think of Jojo Rabbit when Jojo Rabbit finally st- stands up to imaginary Hitler or something. <laughs> like, that movie's hilarious throughout, but obviously the thing that it's talking about the entire time is, mm. is very serious. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that you can't just have a silly comedy. You absolutely can. You can have a good yeah. silly comedy that can work. Uh, but as we've already said multiple times the comedy in this doesn't really land all that much sure. so <sighs> it's it's losing it's, lo- it's losing a war on two fronts and I don't think it has to win both but it needs to try and win one and I don't think it does
1: yeah I mean it, you can either be really funny or you can be like whoa like it, you know there was so much cool like gore and violence that it was I didn't care that I wasn't laughing or whatever but uh, yeah, it doesn't really do much uh, either. Yep. Uh, so basically, I
0: mean, the the the, the gang uh, want to find because they they come to kill Aquafina in the restaurant. They, it, it just by coincidence, Aquafina and Renfield both end up in the the restaurant, mm. right? The same one that he was in earlier. Mm. Uh, it's just when he's about to go after the cheerleaders or whatever it is that he runs into her. And then the gang show up because they want to make an example out of Aquafina for daring to arrest their golden boy. So they all come in a mask and try and shoot the place up. And of course, uh, Renfield pops some bugs and start goes going all superhero. And just he rips a dude's arm off. He, you know, with, like a, with a tray, which is one of the things that Aquafina just says after he does it. Did I say you yeah. cut off a guy's arm with the serving tray? Uh, oh, I'm laughing. Which, <laughs> oh, I'm by laughing. the way, like for for a character who's supposed to be the by the books cop who wants to like not like you know do things <laughs> in a shady way, she just kind yeah. of takes it in her stride that this guy has mutilated. Admittedly, all gang members who were going to shoot people, mm-hmm. but he has mutilated them.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, maybe he make a like a a case for self, like self defense and everything, so maybe he wouldn't get like thrown in jail. But like, I'm sure there would be lots of like paperwork and interviews and stuff you would have to do to. Instead, though, Tim, she's like, "Wow, you
0: saved my life," <laughs> and then he comes to for for his police interview the next day or whatever it is, and he shows up with flowers for her. It <laughs> was it just me? Or did it feel like there was go- this was going to be like a real focus of the movie was the the romantic part where he's got a crush on her? And I thought so. <laughs> yeah, and then I feel like after this scene though, it mostly just disappears and it's like almost never brought up or mentioned that there's a
1: romantic connection between them. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you like by the end of the movie, <clears throat> um, I don't even remember <laughs> like uh, like uh, do we get the feeling that they got to go off together or like they just pals or something I, I don't know
0: yeah it's weird it's weird that it's not addressed in some way whether it's just her turning him down or him realizing that he, he was latching onto a romantic thing but really it wasn't really about that it was more about this you know need for her. but the scene where he first sees her in the restaurant before he decides to save her like he's definitely like staring at her like oh my god i've just seen the most beautiful woman in the world i i have to help her kind of thing uh, and part of that's because she sticks up, stands up for herself against uh, Ben Schwartz, you know Lobo, when he's like, "Hey, you just admit that you that we own you, like all the other police, and I'll I won't kill you." And she's like, "Bitch, shoot me in the head," and that really impresses Renfield. Uh, so you know, which which is fine conceptually, like the idea that he's he's attracted and inspired by someone who is going to stand up to someone who's threatened to kill them does make sense, um, but. Yeah, th- their their connection and relationship just kind of like I feel like they end up together. Obviously, like hiding out at his place, like after a um, bunch of action. Um, you know, because when Dracula finds out what's going on, he comes to the the support group meeting and murders everyone, and then Aquafina comes in, sees Renfield there surrounded by dead bodies, and thinks he's a serial killer, and. They end up together anyway though because all the gang comes after them and so they end up in the same car. She ends up passing out and Renfield takes takes her back to his place and she wakes up. He explains that he's the servant of Dracula, all this stuff. Uh, but that's all just kind of builds up to a big action scene where the gang and a bunch of corrupt cops come to his apartment complex and it's one of those ones where there's like a sort of open middle of it where like was like a terrace... And a walkway around like a sort of central area that you can sort of see down and it's open top kind of thing. Does that make sense? I don't know if I described that pr- properly. I get <laughs> right. Um but it's just a lot of like action of him ripping off arms and throwing the arms at people and smashing heads with his foot. And at one point there's a slow motion moment where he sort of like lands on top of a guy that she's dangling over the over the top of the uh the banister. And it's just an explosion of CG blood. It's very
1: it's all, it's like, I, I look, like you should be standing in your seat going like hell yeah like this is so cool but like it's just it's just not
0: <laughs> it's not I agree
1: yeah uh, I God. felt nothing from
0: it at all and she's just like, unloading mm-hmm. clips of billows into like other cops and <laughs> and like gang members like constantly. I think-
1: I think the one thing that actually made me chuckle about this scene actually didn't have anything to do with the fighting. I think that it's like beforehand to get amped. He has to like steal like a neighbor kid's ant farm and like chug ants. Yes. <laughs> like actually the, I feel like the bug thing it was kind of underplayed. Like I think there's a lot more fun stuff you could have done with it. Like, I don't know, maybe like certain bugs, uh, maybe give you different powers or like maybe some are more useful than others or like, you know, that there's like, you know, points where he has to like, uh, you know, uh, has, like, a harder time finding over or something. But, um yeah, again, it just feels like one of those undercooked things where, like, maybe except for, you know, the, this ant farm thing or, or maybe later when uh, uh John Ruffio snorts, like, a millipede or whatever. It's oh, yeah, kind after, of funny. But... By the end of the
0: movie, Dracula's given these powers to, like, the entire henchmen like, <laughs> of, of this gang. They've all got the same, like, glowing eyes and they're all munching on bugs. Just so we can have a big, like... Comic book style fight scene yeah. between Renfield and everyone at the end, because um, the bad guys eventually steal. I say steal. They kidnap Aquafina's sister. We have even mentioned she has a sister because her sister's a nothing character. She's just there to
1: be kidnapped later on. I think, and it didn't even take me until I think the second time that we see her that I realized that they're sisters. Like, because the first time I thought like, oh, she just has a friend in the FBI or whatever. I think it was like the second time when they mentioned their dad or something. I was like, oh, wait, they're Brother. oh they're sisters okay no, I think it, it, it's such a nothing nothing character though like
0: yeah i think there's a line at the end of the first scene they have together where you, she says you're not the only one who lost a dad um so i, I think there was a line there but you may have just missed oh, that yeah, one yeah, yeah. that yeah. one line uh yeah which is you know fine but like she she talks to her on the phone a couple of times after that and then mm-hmm. that, like that's it she's just a kidnap like she's literally unconscious when she's kidnapped like in the big (laughs) final fights at the end so she's not even there being scared she's just this body lying on a slab uh which is whatever i mean i will say from setting up mechanics point of view there is a moment where renfield's down and out in the final fight and dracula's got aquafina by the neck and she shoots him in the foot and he's like aha congratulations you shot me in the foot what did that accomplish uh, and she's like, your foot bleeds, and you can see like, the blood going down to Renfield, and you know, it's set up earlier in the movie that has blood heals people. And you know, it's like, okay, so that was like okay as a smart little tactic, because it was like, okay, they set this up, she's intentionally done it so that the blood will drip onto Renfield. I can accept that as a as a little payoff. That's perfectly fine. Sure. Yeah. Um I will say there is like a weird thing, um, so Dracula gets involved with the gang because John Ralphio goes to uh, the, the abandoned hospital where Dracula's staying in the city. And he, he comes in with all of his men. Dracula kills all of his henchmen. Mm-hmm. But when Dracula comes back after going to like, kill everyone at the... The, uh, the Actually, no, I think it's when he goes yeah. to the apartment. I don't know, whatever. He mm-hmm. goes away and does like, another scene. He comes back, and John Ralphio's there. And... He picks up John Ralphio, and John Ralphio says something like, because uh, he's like, Oh, are you, are you here to, like, you know, do good against evil or, or something like that? And John Ralphio says, No, I'm in a gang. We're all about evil. And I'm like, yeah. Is there any gang in the world who would describe their group as being about evil? Because I don't think they see <laughs> themselves as evil typically. It felt like a really forced line of dialogue so that it would appeal to Dracula, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,. It's fine when Renfield says something weird. Although I hate that the therapist
1: is like,
0: "That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that?" But yeah, sure. Um,
1: yeah, again, it's just one <laughs> of those like non jokes where like all you're doing is commenting on the weird thing he said. You're not like it, it, it's just not a joke. The um, there actually was one line that did make me laugh uh, during one of the 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 therapy scenes. I think it's when um, like a bunch of people are shouting out to him like oh, does he, like, do this to you? And, like, does he do that? And, like, does he do that? Blah, blah, blah. And, then, like, one guy just shouts out, like, does he control rats with his mind? Like, I-, I thought that was kind of a funny joke when, like, like everyone else was saying stuff that, you know, could be, you know, like, oh, yeah, that could uh, make sense if you're talking about an abuser or Dracula or whatever, but <laughs> the one guy that just, like, talks about the rats, like... Yeah, I- I but that's that actually funny. a thing Dracula might be able
0: to do. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, like... Having someone react to Renfield say something weird by just performing their surprise as they respond would be far more realistic and funny than just saying... You know, it's explaining what they just said and repeating that. Um, and Exactly, yeah. You know, but it, it, yeah, it, it, maybe
1: it's a taste <sighs> thing in part, but, I mean, clearly we I both mean, feel <laughs> that way. It's just, it's just not comedy. It's not jokes. It's not funny. It's like... And it just... It, it makes me mad because I feel like this is like kind of a uh, indicative of what a lot of like quote unquote, what's supposed to be comedy, like stuff we see nowadays is yeah. A lot of stuff like this where it's just like, it's not people making jokes or being funny or clever. It's just like, yeah, just people kind of reacting or just being like these audience uh, surrogates where like, they're just, you know, saying what the audience would say, like would be like, well, that's weird. Or like, huh, that just happened. You know, like those kind of lines that are like, people think are, uh, uh, like, sp- like you see in comedies, but they're just, they're not jokes. They're not funny. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, a, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's, a, it's a sad state of, like, I don't know, just, uh, like, just what happened to comedies. Like, you just, uh, we just don't get enough of them anymore. Like, uh. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't even remember how the final fight ends. Obviously,
0: Renfield gets up and beats Dracula, but, uh, oh, they put him... They, that's right. They trap him in a circle. Aquafina made a circle out of cocaine, a which cocaine,
1: yeah. tra- turns out any powder will do as long as you say the Latin. And she's like, and like and she just kind of like mentions like, oh yeah, I read a wicked like web page the other day or something. It's like, all right, whatever. Um, so he's floating there, and they decide just to try every weapon
0: that's in the vicinity. Which, because this place is a weird gang that's got a lot of torture items, there's tons of weapons. Yeah. Uh, they eventually like put him into cement and chop him up into blocks and like throw him down the sewer. And but they keep a big, big jar of his blood because at the end we see that he's resurrected everyone at the uh, the support
1: group meeting. Um, which yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't know. Is that like a weird like? oh, like, you know, we, we can't have, like, this many, like, people die in the movie. Like, we have to show him he's a hero and he, like, resurrects people. Like, I don't know, it felt unnecessary. Like, I was thinking... want to resurrect one or two characters, like the sister or whatever, that's fine. But mm. yeah, just, like, everybody, I don't know. Because I was thinking, because we see the sister alive before they show us the jar of blood, and I'm
0: like, wait, how is she alive? I thought she was dead already. And then yeah. it's like, oh, okay, they've, res- they've-, they've-, they've at least healed her, if not resurrected her with the blood. Fine. Um... Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's... Like, I feel like we've glossed over, like, like there's an entire, like, you know, one-on-one fight between uh, Ben Schwartz and Nicholas Holt where they're both using their their Renfield towers. And I've got nothing to say about it. Like, I have have literally nothing to say about it. It is a boring,
1: you know, jump-at-each-other-in-the-air fight scene. Again, like, the movie wants you to you'll be ripping your shirt off out of excitement. Cause you're just like, yes, like this is what I've been waiting for. But yeah, it's just, uh, there's just nothing to it. It's, it's I, I get other than like, yeah, him kind of snorting the, the bug at the beginning of the fight. I don't remember like anything that really happens in it.
0: Yeah. It's, it comes back again to either caring about what Renfield's trying to accomplish and being invested in his story or just the jokes and action actually being enjoyable to watch. And, and, you know, and, well shot and engaging because they're well paced and they crescendo and they feel exciting right instead of this yeah. where it's a lot of quick cuts it's a lot of like dutch angles it's it's it's, it's you know it's, it's the bare minimum to like make it look it's actually happening but without it actually having any effect on the audience and it's just i don't know it just kind of made me sad <laughs> well, the, the entire third deck to this movie is just kind of a wet fart and it's not like well, the I... <laughs> first two thirds were that much better but like I think it's the worst part though I think the last like half hour is the worst part of the movie
1: oh no I yeah I agree with that and then the uh, the, the thing that's like yeah that makes you sad is there's a lot of wasted potential here because uh, again like the you know the premise uh, I actually think it is pretty promising and that you can do interesting stuff there and again Nicolas Cage as Dracula is is such a gift uh, to this movie, which honestly like, might be unwatchable, <laughs> yeah, without him. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's just like such a waste to, yeah, have like something like like that good like as Nick Cage as Dracula, and, and then yeah to have like a pretty decent premise and it just gets wasted on this movie that just feels like so nothing like it doesn't um, it's because it doesn't use its premise
0: like uh, the the question i would ask you does it take anything about dracula or vampires or renfield and subvert it is there anything oh, no, in no, the no. film <laughs> where it feels like oh it's taking this and spinning on it, it's on its head because of you know we're, we're, we're playing with the tropes and we're playing with like the rules of what these things are yeah. it doesn't
1: yeah and uh i mean i'll be honest like yeah, you know, we're recording this early but you know this will be yeah you know, part of our uh october thon uh and then i wonder you know how many people are even going to remember that this movie came out this year like <laughs> it, I, I feel like it's so like forgettable like uh and you know I, I feel like leading up to it though we were hearing a lot about it because and again you know most of it was you know nick cage's dracula you know that makes like horror headlines and everything but this i feel like it was like they were kind of touting this as going to be like a big deal, like you know, movie for this year, like leading up to it, and then it just came and went, and then you know, do you, do it, do what it feels, feels like to me, if, if
0: it feels like a bigger budget, and obviously, it's got more actors in it, and it's a more of a mainstream release, but it kind of feels like a bigger example to me of how I felt about uh uh willie's wonderland or wally's wonderland whatever that movie was called yeah yeah yeah. where the premise with (laughs) nick cage fighting five nights at freddy style things (laughs) sounded amazing and it's just such a nothing movie that does absolutely nothing with its premise and just doesn't capitalize on it doesn't think of fun scenarios and this kind of feels the same to me like it's got this great premise about focusing on renfield and try to break away from dracula but instead of like treating it like a horror comedy where it's using the type of horror scenarios that Renfeld might be in if he tried to get away from mm-hmm. Dracula, of, like, trying to, like, look over his shoulder at the shadows. Like, is there a single scene in this movie where anyone is scared of a shadow or, like, worried that someone's coming at him <laughs> in the dark? I don't think there is. <laughs> like, No. And it's such a small thing to ask for. Instead, mm-hmm. it's like, no, no, no. When he... The powers that renfield has it's kind of like he turns into like a su- like a super strength john wick and he's just like that's what's going to happen there's going to be these big over-the-top superhero style fight scenes and that's it like you know and Aquafina's is there being aquafina like she always is i, I
1: don't know okay i can't recommend it tim which is needless to say uh, I mean, I, I watch this on Peacock uh, if I mean, it, it, by the time if it's still streaming on it. But it, I, I'd i say, like, if it's streaming, you know, it, it's worth it enough. Like if you have nothing else to watch and you're intrigued enough by like Nick Cage that you kind of throw it on, on like on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe, you know, watch what Nick Cage is on the screen and then maybe go get up and do the dishes or something like, mm. you know, during the other parts. Like, I, I feel like it's that kind of movie where if it's on TV and you're kind of interested, maybe check it out. But yeah, I wouldn't, like, I definitely wouldn't recommend, like, rushing out or, like, having to, uh, you know, like, God forbid, pay money for it. Like, you know, if we saw this in theaters, I'd be, I think, a lot angrier than, you know, having to watch it on a, a streaming service, you know. Yeah, I think I'm happy we didn't have to see this in theaters. I, I think I'd have been very upset
0: spending money on this. um, Or spending more money on this, I should say. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I... It's a rough time. And, you know, I, I hope I didn't compare it to what we do in the shadows too much. I tried to bring up other examples uh, with Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead of movies that take a genre of film and play with it for comedy's sake, but do it so much better than this film could ever dream of doing it, I think. Like, everything in Hot Fuzz, for example, is setting up jokes for later. They're all paid off. Everything is so, like, tight from a script level, and it's constantly playing with the tropes of, like, the over-the-top action movie, of the of the, of the types of characters that, that are in them, of a character who is, like, saying, no, this is the real world, those things don't happen. But, of course, by the end of the movie, he's put in a situation where he has to become, like, a typical action star, and that's the entire premise, and that's what the entire thing revolves around. Um, th- this should be... A Renfield who's in a Dracula movie who's trying to get out of a Dracula movie, but other than the <laughs> flashbacks at the start, it never feels remotely like a vampire or Dracula movie. It feels like I don't know, like Joel Schumacher directed. <laughs> you know, we're we're down the street from Gotham and Batman Forever. Yeah. Nah, I didn't like it. If that's
1: not clear, <laughs> Tim, what For are you sure. rating Renfield? I I think going into this, I I was kind of like floating around a four, but I feel like the more we talked about it, the angrier I got. So I'm going to go a a little bit down and give it a 3.5. I feel like there's still, you know, a a few like notable things about it. Like, uh, yeah, I I mean, we said it to death, but, you know, uh, Nick Cage is the big uh, winning element here. You know, it's worth it. Uh, may, if, if you're going to watch it, I, I would say the the reason to watch it is because of, of that. And then, uh, but I mean, other, other than that, like like I said, like, I at least as I was watching it, I didn't feel like it was like a, a huge short to get through. It was 90 minutes, so at least it wasn't like overstaying its welcome or whatever. And um, every now and again, maybe there was a joke that I didn't mind, but, um, you know, and, and then there's some stuff that I was like, well, well that's a cool idea. Maybe it could have been executed differently. So... Uh I mean it's not a high score, but I mean that's why it's not getting like a yep, you know, like a low like you know two or something. But uh yeah, I guess uh three point five I'll go with.
0: Hmm. You really don't want to be making a vampire movie and then having like Tim's rating be that close to the same rating it gave Twilight. Like it, it's it's very close. <laughs> and that's that's a sad state of affairs. Yeah yeah I th- yeah it sounds about right um i think i was thinking a four as well it's you know it's, it's, it's below that middle line for sure there's too many things i just don't think work about it um but do i want it to be harsh and go all the way down to a three <laughs> you know if i'm thinking of other things that i've rated a three mm. like does it belong to be all the way down there at the very least, it's 90 minutes in quick I guess. You know what? I'll just agree with you. 3.5. If I'm struggling between three and four, 3.5 is the choice. So, 3.5 it is. Solidarity. Yeah. So there you go. I guess a 3.5 overall from Screams After Midnight. Uh. So yeah, there you go. That is uh that is the show. Please do hit that like button if you're on YouTube. It does help us out a lot. Um. And hopefully you're enjoying it, Tober. Um, and this should be the first month, actually, that uh, we have returning uh, Patreon bonus content for Screams After Midnight. So there should be a bonus episode of Screams After Midnight this month for the first time in a little while because Tim was on paternity leave. Uh, but there's like a good, I don't know, about 40 episodes, bonus episodes on Patreon. So over at patreon.com oh, yeah. slash TV you can uh, get a bonus episode monthly. Uh, get access to even more streams, which I also think will be back either this month or next. Uh, mm. So go go check out those and you get bonuses for other movie shows as well uh, and help right. keep all the content coming, which is the important part. Uh, so go, go check that out. But that is the show. Um, this is the first episode we've recorded for October. I don't know if it'll be the first one that goes out. It depends if we have some big opening movie we want to do. But uh, I mentioned that because I have no idea what the plans are for a lot of October yet. We're just winging it. Yeah. Because, you know, life's scary. And we talk about scary things here. Mm. So we're living that life. That's true. <laughs> All right. That's been screws After Midnight. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Keep watching scary movies, guys. I'll see you next time.